Good morning and welcome to The Home Show with me, Sinead Ryan. Coming up today, we'll be chatting through the weird and wonderful world of Interiors TV programmes, including a particularly naughty one. News Talk's Kira Kelly joins me to reveal her surprising new home renovation. I'll be meeting a glassmaker from Northern Ireland for August Craft Month. And interior designer to the stars Arlene McIntyre will be joining me to talk about the much-hyped Barbie movie and how it can influence your home design. If you'd like to get involved in the show today, you can text us here on The Home Show at 53106. That'll cost you 30 cent. Or you can email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com. You'll find me over on Instagram at Sinead Ryan 100. And remember, you can listen live or listen back to the show and all of our podcasts. Every single show is up on the Newstalk app, which is powered by Go Loud. Now, we're in holiday season, folks. And of course, for many, uh, we've spent the last few years only dreaming about all the places we'd like to go. So if staycations and lockdowns weren't your thing, well, then you probably spent more time than was strictly necessary on booking and holiday websites. I know I did. Everyone has this special place. I think they'll always remember the first time they went there and hold dear in their heart. For me, it's that. No surprises, I'm afraid. It's that perfect place that is Venice. Uh, but one of the many reasons, like I and there's so many, the beauty, the canals, the gondolas, the food, the bridges. But one of the things I remember most about it was the Murano glass. Now, Venice is famous for its glass and glass making, and it's such a tradition there and the use of colour. It's absolutely stunning. And you can go out and visit the island, uh, Murano, where all of that is made. So when I heard about August Craft Month and with the opportunity to invite an artist onto the show, it had to be a glass maker. And my guest a little bit later on is a spectacular example of the incredible beauty of that medium. So I'm really looking forward to chatting with her. But we've loads more too. And definitely stay tuned now, although you may need to pour a strong coffee first. Uh, You're very welcome along to The Home Show. We're obsessed with interiors on the show, of course. So with the new season of Dream Home Makeover just dropped on Netflix, uh, we thought we'd chat through some of those programmes that are focused on revamping the home. And I'm delighted uh, to be joined by podcaster and journalist Vinola Jones uh, to review some of the better and maybe not so good options. Fanula, you're very welcome along to the home show. Interesting would probably be the diplomatic word they to were, use, and, wouldn't and it? And indeed, a small warning before we crack on because I know it's very early in the morning. Some of this may not be suitable for young ears. Yes, an interiors makeover show. <laughs> that uh, just maybe should be after the watershed. But anyway, uh, the first one, let's start with the first one actually because this is probably the most, um, the one we're most used to seeing on Irish screens, really, the t- or British screens, the type of makeover which has a sob story at the beginning, you know, a problem to be solved and then a big reveal at the end and it's all down to the personality. This is Dream Home Makeover on Netflix. Tell us a little bit about the premise for this and, and your views on that show. Yes, so we're on to season three of this show. People who are fans will be familiar. This is following uh, Shay and Sid McGee. They're Utah-based interior designers with their own firm, Studio McGee. Uh, husband and wife duo, and they basically go in, as you said, and give these dream makeovers to uh, houses and people that want them. Um, I've no idea really what the husband does. The wife seems to do a lot of the work. She seems to be the brain behind it all. I really liked this, and I kind of didn't 
expect to. I was expecting, you know, it to be very twee, very unrealistic. But I think what I liked about this show was that it was quite transparent about the team that was involved. Like you saw people staging the houses. Uh, you saw Shay speaking to the stagers. It wasn't just her all doing it. That's my mm. frustration with a lot of these reality interior shows. And I suppose each episode was different as well in that some episodes you were doing full madhouses, not relatable to me as I continue to rent. <laughs> but then you've other places that were doing, you know, they were focused on maybe just a bedroom makeover or a basement makeover, like mm. that one room focus yeah. I found really interesting. Yeah, and for something that's short, and I think they're 30 minutes or, so, or thereabouts, uh, that's pretty much all you can fit in. It doesn't feel too rushed. Let's uh, take a clip of it. I'm Shay. Nice. And I'm Sid. Come on, dude. And we're the McGee's. In 2013, I designed our first home and then started posting photos to Instagram. Soon after, that turned into starting our business. Right now, our interior design studio is designing dream homes for clients across the country. Hello. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right, this is her and all her glory. It's a small space and that just takes careful space planning. Easy peasy. It was yeah. not easy peasy. And there's still so much work to be done. <gasps> it feels so different in here. Good I'm life. blown away. They are going to be blown <laughs> away. I'm just like ah, chomping at the bit to get in there. Oh my god. Shay! Like how do you process? How do you take it all in? How whether our clients have two million dollars or twenty thousand, I want them all to feel that sense of peace when they walk in the door. My mind was just blown, and I just can't believe it. Oh. Yeah, you did so good. Okay, so that was from Dream Home Makeover. Now, actually, you're right about the husband here because this couple that do this modelling and makeover, they there's a whole chunk in each show that's just about them and their family and they're going surfing and they're swimming. And like, do you think that's just like one of those US, oh, we have to create the brand here for these people or what is it? I think, about? yeah, I think there's an element of that. And, you know, we love like a story and the purpose behind mm. like why they do what they do and stuff. If you're a fan a long time and you followed it, I can imagine it's very enjoyable to watch like their family grow and everything like that and their business develop but for me it just kind of went fully over my head now I do really yeah. like them I find them not uh, irritating as some of these American reality no and they makeovers seem to like each other yeah. which is <laughs> <laughs> that always helps in a marriage together. and a TV show uh, relationship dynamic. Exactly. And there was um, there was an episode I watched the first episode of this new series is about this. Yeah, As you say, it's focusing on one room and in this case it was a kitchen makeover from a couple that only moved up the road but they wanted a nicer view but they had had some medical issues you know and there was a few tears and then they gave them a beautiful kitchen. What struck me about a lot of the episodes though Fanula is that it, because it's American and maybe this is just the distinction between the equivalent programmes here uh, is that um, they, they don't make much use or maybe that the whole zeitgeist of reuse and recycle and upcycle hasn't quite hit there. These are shiny American interiors mm. most of the time aren't they? Yeah. You there's know? a few references to there's that one episode where they're doing up that basement for that family who have a lot of adopted kids and they're wanting to make the space more fun but like still functional and they were talking that they used planks of wood for the roof from an old barn whatever. That was the only reference yeah. that I ever heard anything kind yeah. of being reused or repurposed. As you said it's all very knock it down and start again. Hotel bedrooms and big island kitchens with windows and I just... 
you know, it, it's it's like that kind of movement hasn't quite hit those shows yet, you know, or certainly hasn't hit hit that one. All right. So that's Dream Home Makeover. So you're a fan? Yes, Good. I think I'll definitely, right. it's very like, very easy watching. Um, and as I said, not so aspirational that you're ready to bang your head against a wall because yeah. you're like, I could never afford this or whatever. Just yeah. nice, easy viewing, I would okay. say. Lots of kitchen islands and pens yes. and lighting. Okay, all <laughs> yes. right, okay. Now, the next one, right. <laughs> this one actually does what it says on the tin. It's also a Netflix offering uh, with a British designer called Melanie Rose, uh, who seems to be a therapist as much as a, uh, an interior designer. And it's called How to Build a sex room. Yes. This now, is from Netflix as well. Eight yeah. episodes, as you said, following British designer Melanie Rose and she's helping couples create these intimate rooms for want of a better uh, word. For, for, whose sole purpose is for that intimacy. Yeah. I mean, it's not kind of... Well, in some cases, they're just doing up their bedroom. But actually, in most cases, it's a separate room in yeah. the house just for this sole purpose. Some people are getting fully fledged dungeons, as you said. Others are yeah. getting kind of like a nice add-on to a bedroom, whatever. I found this interesting again, is probably the operative word. Her background is actually in kind of acting and West End stuff. But it was more recently, I think it's the last 15 years, she said she's been designing these like high-end homes. And one time a client came to her and was like, I was like a sex room. And she said, I've never done a sex room but sure here we are let's give it a whirl um, and thus the show was born it's 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 an interesting concept it's very Netflix to do kind of this they're really trying to corner that interior yeah, TV show space yeah. and this is just them trying to put the it's maddest spin the, on it possible this is just the, the the kind of wiggy out section of it now she herself is uh, Melanie Rose she's in her late 50s or she comes across nearly like a grandmotherly figure um, you know and then she brings out this bag in each episode to try and get the couples kind of because some of them are very shy couples although why <laughs> the name of God you will put this yeah. out on Netflix I don't know but some of them are real out there and exploring their kind of darker side and all this kind of thing and she has this big shopping bag which she brings with her to each episode and takes out various I'm just trying to be careful yeah. here yeah, yeah accessories which she places in front of them and then they have to react to them and that helps her design then so so in the same way on another show it might be paint colours or wooden panels okay <laughs> so like some of this stuff it is wacky like I, I saw one where she designed oh a lovely kind of hotel from home kind of thing and it was a beautiful bedroom and you know gorgeous deep pile carpets and soft lighting and candles and flowers and you think oh that's quite nice um, but some of the other ones like a dungeon or a cellar being created into really if it was raided by the police you'd probably be arrested. You would be put on a list yeah. <laughs> Look, I keep using the word interesting I think it does open up an interesting conversation you know about how you know sex and intimacy should inform design in our homes mm. because that's not a conversation that generally happens and I think it should I think there's no harm but as you said the scale is kind of so wide when you look, when you talk about things like, you know, sexual preferences. And I've seen, and this is a conversation potentially for another day, but I've seen people, you know, educators, everything like that, basically saying that maybe this show isn't the platform to do that. And Melanie's uh, expertise don't really lie there. They lie in the design. I think that's a wider conversation we had. I do think it's, I think it's good that we're able to kind of explore these conversations and topics so intimately but I just don't know if the execution was 100% there yeah. also 
I say she's an expert in interior design. Some of the design choices at one point that I was looking at leather pillows with like belts on them, I and I was just yeah. like the, the 1980s wants you back in a oh, nightclub. Yeah. Oh, right. well, let's, for listeners who haven't had the joy of watching a How to Build a Sex Room, let's take a clip. When people hear the word sex rooms, they concentrate on the word sex, and that connotates dirty, disgusting. <laughs> but when I design them. They can be beautiful. Right. Okay. so that was Melanie Rose uh, advising a couple on, you know, what is to come. And actually, there's a quite a nice interplay, sorry, between her and the crafts people she gets in because there's a bit of fun with it. So she doesn't take it too seriously and nor should it be. Um, But she she has this tendency to demonstrate the items that she's bringing in. And, you know, doesn't always work out. But I think you're right. Fanul, for you, what's the borderline between really tacky and actually doing a makeover for people? Like, I can think of some of the rooms offhand, but they didn't even leave a massive impression. And I don't think it would inspire me to be like, I want to knock a full room and yeah. make my own dungeon. All right. Well, listen, if listeners out there um, do have a sex room and have built one, especially for that, we would absolutely love to see your pictures and indeed have you on the show. And we won't make any disparaging comments about fluffy cushions with belts on them uh, or indeed anything else that you have. Now, so the final final one then, uh, Fanula, is the home edit. Now, this just dropped, I think, in April. The last season dropped mm-hmm. in April. Um, tell us a little bit about this one. I haven't, I'm not familiar with this one now. So is this the kind of the nice this streaming is, end of stuff? The yeah, bit? this is probably one of the most divisive ones, I think, which is kind of funny to talk about when you're considering it's about like interiors and like organisation. But anytime I bring this up with someone, people are very either really into it or really not. Um, so it follows a cliche and Joanna Teplin. They have like an organisational service called the Home Edit. And each episode focuses on them with a celebrity client and like a regular Joe client in which they organise their homes essentially Um, for me it's just kind of the definition of you know I don't know if you've seen this like the pantryification of like (laughs) homes like I definitely this year and last year you know the Khloe Kardashian being like look at my 800 jars of things and they're all so well organised I'm I'm not a fan of it I I see I see the good in it in that it's trying to show like what you can do and there are a lot of With like kilner tips jars in there. and yeah, know, shelving. Yeah, yeah, but I suppose in another way, it's aspirational to a lot of people because these are people like they're going to Drew Barrymore's like TV show set and organizing I stuff know. there. And I'm just yeah. a bit like, Why? we're not Drew Barrymore. Yeah, it's not relatable. I mean? Yeah, yeah okay. and there's also a thing of like, if Drew Barrymore can't do it, how are the rest of us supposed to be able to do it? You know, know what I mean? I know with staff. Um, let's take a clip. I'm Clea and I'm Joanna. We are professional organizers post Get Organized on Netflix. Everything changed overnight. We have clients all over the country, including some celebrities. Hi. How do you do it? Oh. Wow. They have this way about them that adds a magic to the entire space. This space has just been overwhelming. Okay. To the chaos. I literally have like a million props. I mean, that's why you guys are here. Challenge accepted. I went through the process of this show because the stuff was overtaking my house right. and my family's space is getting smaller Small. and smaller. And we would love nothing more than to give you back your home. Okay, don't fall. Nope. The pressure is extremely on. We've never been fully taken down by a project, but there's always a first for everything too. Okay, so that was the home edit with Clear Shearer and Joanna Taplin. And, and as you say, there's a kind of 
I suppose this is the least realistic, you know, because you it, a lot of it is set based and it's not going to be real homes with real people with kids running around and dogs shouting at you and all that kind of thing. So, but this is one that, that actually is very popular on Netflix. People like looking at it and maybe it's the tiding instinct. Do you think this is kind of Marie Kondo you know, made for for This is definitely like her effect. As I said, there are people that love this. And again, I go back to that thing of, you know, it's like, it's very satisfying to look at them do it. But to be honest, I just watch these shows and I think of my horrible piles of clothes (laughs) on all the chairs and I get too depressed. It's something mesmerising because do you know the way you can find yourself down a rabbit hole of looking at dominoes being laid out or flower arranging or, you know, painting being done or uh, cakes being iced there's something about that in these type of shows where it's about organisation, calmness, planning, decluttering, all that kind of headspace that it gives you. And maybe there's a lockdown effect with that. You know, it's it's like we had to tidy up when we had nothing else to do, really. Totally. And like you've even seen, like I know there are businesses based in Ireland now that have come up through the pandemic. Oh, that yes. Do we, totally we have, focus on this. We have, we have M&D declutterers down in Cork. We've interviewed yeah. them several times in the show and they're out the door with yeah. clients. And that's it. I think it's a great service for those people who time strapped they have the cash whatever and they just need that extra set of hands or sometimes when you're looking at that mess and it could be so overwhelming yeah. to be honest that is just how I felt watching this show to be honest but oh, as right. I said 50-50 some people adore this so mm. watch it and see mm. for yourself yeah and as you say they seem to have cornered the market in this thing now they've just made a call we're going to do the whole interiors thing and there it is what is the one show, Fanula, that they are missing out on? What would you like to see being made on an interior oh show? Oh my God. Do you know what? I do just really enjoy the the architectural digests, like the celeb homes. I love the celeb homes. I love having a good snoop around and judging their homes and just thinking what I would do differently. So There used to be a series on television, which I'd say you're too young for, which is called Through the Keyhole. And uh, Lloyd Grossman, and before him, David Frost, I think, hosted it. And they would uh, send somebody in to look around a celeb's home and a panel had to guess whose host, whose <gasps> home it was. We it, need to bring that back. Okay, I imagine bring that up back. on YouTube somewhere and it's well worth watching. It was always fun. Uh, Fanula J, where can people find it? It's Fanula J on Insta. Yes. And uh, people can find uh, uh, you there and of course uh, on the radio. Yes. All right. Okay. Listen, thanks a million for joining us, Fanula Jones, podcaster and journalist and bringing us through that selection thanks, of uh, interior shows Cheers. on Netflix. And let us know your favourite 53106. You can send that in. Now, still to come on The Home Show, we'll be marking August Craft Month by learning how glassmakers approach their art. And Kira Kelly will be in talking about her brand new hobby. Chat to you in a few moments. And you're very welcome back to The Home Show here on News Talk. I'm Sinead Ryan. And before the break, I was chatting with Fanula Jones about those Netflix makeover shows. They're ubiquitous. They're everywhere. Every time you stick it on, uh, there's some offering there, uh, some more dodgy than others. So if you'd like to get some recommendations, you can listen back to that uh, on uh, the show, which is up on the podcast on the News Talk app. But for now, August Craft Month celebrates Irish craft with 230 events across all 32 counties. And joining me on the line is Andrea Spence who specialises in glass making and is taking part in one of these events. Andrea, you're very welcome along to The Home Show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got started with this most unusual and ancient of art forms. Yes. Okay. Well, um, originally I'm from Hertfordshire and I went to um, art college actually for glass in Edinburgh. 
So I, I went there after my foundation year and I did my um, degree in um, actually in architectural glass. So that's, I suppose, how I got started into glass. Initially, I was mostly interested in stained glass, but after being um, in Edinburgh, I was opened up to the whole field of glass making, which involved glass blowing and kiln forming pr processes. And after that, I moved actually straight over here to Northern Ireland. And so that was, I graduated out there in 93. So, um, and I've been here really based in Northern Ireland ever since, which is coming up on 30 years now. Wow. Um, now your, your work is, I have to say, I've had a look at your website and it is incredibly delicate. I mean, really thin, fine glass is being used a lot of the time. How do you manage such minute detail when you're blowing or setting glass? Yeah, well, the process that I use is called flame working. And it's actually known for its fine, small-scale detail. Um, and so flame working involves working with a bench torch. So I'm usually sort of sitting or maybe standing, and I have this very high, hot torch that's on, on my bench, and it shoots out a flame. And then I hold the glass within that flame, um, and I'm really kind of working with the glass between my fingertips. So I can get very close um, and I can use very fine hand skills to, mm. to manipulate the molten glass. So, yeah, that's how I achieve that detail. Um, and I think maybe the work that I make as well is, is exceptionally known for its sort of fragile uh, nature. <laughs> it certainly is. It looks, I mean, you'd be you'd be terrified to lift it out of the box apart from anything else. Now, I can see a lot of recurring themes in your work uh, of sea and nature, flowers yeah. and seaweeds, particularly your, your yeah. interpretation of those uh, really is extraordinary. Do you find most of your inspiration in nature up on the on the Antrim coast there? Yeah, I really do. I mean, one of the things I think that um, attracted me about uh, live, moving and living in Ireland is just the proximity to the coast. You know, wherever you are, you're really not that far from the sea. And so recently we moved up to our current location, which is right on the uh, tip of the uh, North Antrim coast. So I'm just a couple of miles away from spectacular coastlines um, and I've always spent a lot of time in nature even when I live uh, predominantly in a city I always get out to the coast and camp and um, be immersed in nature mm. so yeah I spend a lot of time combing the strand line and um, just observing I you know I think one of the things that really interests me is just um, collecting collecting aspects of nature and then bringing it back to the studio and um, interpreting it through observation. Now, you work sometimes with your partner. I'm, I'm always asking, we, we interview a lot of couples on this show who are both involved in art or interior design. So tell me how your dynamic works. Yeah, my my partner, uh, also my husband is uh, Scott Benefield and he is a furnace glass blower. So um, we both have our own separate studios, which are just across the back garden from each other. And uh, but occasionally we we also work together. And uh, he um, we have a go under the sort of studio name of Benefield Spencer Glass. And Scott, um, his work is kind of the polar opposite to mine. Mine being sort of um, more delicate sculptural 
uh, installation work, and Scott uh, makes uh, functional tablewares, um, so a lot of glasses and vases, and um, he also makes uh, gallery pieces too, so unique uh, objects. And so from time to time, we come together, we collaborate a lot in um, talking about the, the designs. Um, occasionally, I work with him in the studio when he needs assistance on maybe larger pieces or difficult pieces. Um, and also then in the past, um, alongside my sort of gallery practice, I've also done a lot of architectural commissions, uh, mostly throughout Northern Ireland. And so sometimes I would also use uh, blown glass in those. And so I would work with Scott to, to fabricate. Oh, very good. OK, so you have it, you're kind of you're separate and together when, when it suits you both yes. uh, to yes. do it. Now, you're brave enough uh, occasionally to offer classes to the public. I mean, I, I don't know what kind of people go to your studio, but it would seem to me that handing somebody a blowtorch and a piece of glass, yes. you're taking a risk. Uh, tell me about those workshops. It's, I mean, I've been teaching actually for, for quite a long time, um, but it's only more recently that I've started to, to teach and offer workshops out of my own studio. So, yeah, and it's, it's been great because I, something that I've been de- developing a little bit more recently is the idea of a, like a glass experience as opposed to um, a workshop. So this is where people can come just for a very short time, usually about two and a half, three hours. And I um, just give people the opportunity to experience the process of manipulating the glass in the flame. Um, so it's quite a guided experience. And, uh, you know, that way, I mean, it's actually rare that people burn themselves from the torch. <laughs> it's more likely that they might pick something up that's on the bench that's hot. So, um, but usually just with a bit of safety, health and safety talking at the beginning that you can avoid that happening. But right. it's a great opportunity then for me to have people come up to this coast area and just experience the the beauty of the area that we live in, because we live very remote and rurally. And then just this opportunity to do this sort of very unique experience. There's not that many places, and certainly in the island of Ireland, there's not that many places where you can be let loose <laughs> with the blowtorch alright uh, continued uh, good luck to you August Craft Month you can find out more about those events and where they're on and who's involved by uh, looking up augustcraftmonth.org uh, Andrea Spencer Glassmaker extraordinaire thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Home Show you're very welcome just before I go as well I should mention that um, it, it's great to be participating in uh, August Craft Month again we've done it for quite a few years and uh, both Scott and myself have worked in the uh, August Craft Month exhibition with Craft NI, which opens next Thursday. I Wonderful. believe it's the 11th. All right. Well, look, thank you for bringing that to us uh, and continued success to both uh, you and Scott. Thank you very much. And you can find Andrea on Andrea Spencer Glass and, of course, on the usual social media channels. Joining me now is News Talk's Kira Kelly, who has been sharing her cheap and cheerful conservatory. Well, maybe it wasn't cheap and cheerful. No, it, was it was absolutely, it was absolutely cheap and cheerful. <laughs> Home renovation project uh, online. I came across it on your Instagram, uh, Kira. 
And I have to say, there's hidden depths to your many, many talents. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, it's almost embarrassing. You're good at everything. What gave you the idea to? First of all, tell us what you did. Okay. Um, what I did was I, I live in an old house, like a, a period property, but it's <laughs> it's kind of a tumble down kind of a, a pile, if, if you like. And the back of the house had um, an old 1980s conservatory on it. And it wasn't even built by a builder. It was built by a previous owner because I know the family. And the dad, I think, built it in his spare time. Stellar and period for architecture. <laughs> absolutely. And it was kind of like brick built, but a bit crumbly. And PVC and aluminium, kind of old school 80s glazing, this conservatory thing. And, I, I, and I'm not going to lie. I thought when I bought the house, I said, oh, I'll, I, I, as I said, I, I'd Dermot Bannon the... <laughs> basically it's what I said but anyway I thought I'll do all these things but then to be honest reality bit and the cost of living and and construction inflation and, and suddenly it was not going to be in any way affordable to, to redo this thing so I'm looking at it and it's so ugly and I find with my household which is you know six people and a dog and a cat that were fairly rammed I find anything where that looks really ugly, they will colonise it with junk in my house. So it had become, in it there was clothes horses, there was an exercise Everybody bike. Everybody has a dump room though, yeah, don't they? bits of yeah. old furniture that we didn't know where else to push. So it became like this awful eyesore. But yeah. it, was the, it was the bit of the house that kind of opened to the garden. Now it's not well insulated or anything, but it was so ugly. It was just this horrible room and it became desperate. So... Not that long ago, I actually did a different reno where I laid a patio myself with my 16-year-old and his friend in my back garden. And I'll tell you about that some other time. But anyway, I laid a patio. So the patio area, which is off the conservatory, started to look nicer. But then I was looking <laughs> at the conservatory. You know when you do one job yeah. and every other job becomes apparent? So I was sitting on this nice new patio that I had, you know, laid by my own fair hands. And I was looking at this eyesore of a thing and it started to drive me mad. And then I had a vision that popped into my head of what I wanted to do with it. And once I had that, I became kind of obsessed. So all I did, I did a very simple thing. I painted the inside and the outside. I painted with masonry paint, the brickwork. I painted it all matte black. Everything is black inside and out. Bearing in mind, it's very, very bright because it has a glass roof and loads of a wall. Very a trendy colour on interiors. And we've had a lot of, of interior designers on the show saying black is the new black. And, you know, well, if it, you have the light, which of course I have loads had, of light. That's and, made by, a difference. By the way, my garden is south facing. Mm. It faces due south. So it's very bright. So painted it all black but then what a lot of people were asking me about on Instagram and you can actually have a look at it on Kira Kelly Doc on my Instagram account if you want to see what I did I then primed the aluminium and primed the PVC and if people don't know how to do that I, I, I will tell you I have a reel up about that as well but it's very simple you use a product it's called Easy Surface Prep ESP you wipe it on you wipe it off and it creates a tacky glue-like surface mm. on mm. non-porous surfaces mm. that don't normally take paint and I painted all the aluminium and all the PVC black as well. So I now have a... So I actually made it stand out, really. The 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 uprights of the, between the glazing and stuff, they were kind of white and very 1980s. And now they are all solid black. It had already a black and white tiled floor. floor. And actually that was a nice floor. Which so looked rotten yeah. when it was pale blue and crumbly mm. and all of that, but looked nice. Now I had to do a bit of... Because there had been damp and there had been problems. So I literally took a, a hammer to the loose plaster work, bang, bang, bang. I bought some pre-made plaster. You could do it cheaper if you're going to make the plaster, but I was worried about consistency. Bought some pre-made plaster, self-plastered it myself, which is much easier to do than people think it is, mm. and painted it all. And now I have a really nice usable room. And I had other bits of furniture from around the house that were kind of not in the right places. So I didn't buy things to, to decorate it. I had those things and I put them there. And now I actually have a kind of a garden room 
and I, you know, it's a little bit trendy, maybe. It is super trendy, and actually, at three hundred and fifty quid, Sinead is what wow. it cost. Yeah, wow. Now, actually, and when you see room. it, it is a different room, yeah. and it looks fabulous. But you took the one feature which worked which was the floor and then hid everything that didn't work basically You made a very good point there hid everything Black is a very forgiving colour for rough walls Black is a very forgiving colour for things you don't want to see that aren't features you want to stand out so I painted by the way the the interior woodwork black I Mm. painted the doors interior doors black and and you have to see it but it's nicer than it is and then I've had this I have an obsession with antlers I have antlers all over my house and, and, and all these things. And I have a skull. I have a very large Good Lord, you heard it first on the home show, on, ladies and Skull gentlemen. on the wall that right. I had bought. I bought the head of what looks like maybe a, a, a bison or something. I bought a bison skull in a market years ago. Right. Years and years and years ago. I won't ask and, why. Because I, I just loved it. But it had a, when I bought it, which I didn't like, but I, I, I'd rarely seen such a nice skull. I'm quite, and maybe it's the the anatomist in me. Well, given your previous yes. profession, I mean, you probably came across a number of them. <laughs> but <laughs> so I bought, you know, the I difference. bought that 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 bison head it, when it, when I bought it. It had a, a a Ziggy Stardust lightning bolt painted I, onto it. But what right. I did with that was I undercoated the head, and then I got gloss spray paint and sprayed the skull gloss white. And it almost looks like it's an artificial skull, but it's a real skull. It has the teeth and all in it. And I hung that up against the black wall. So it stands out hugely because I have this very large white gloss skull. And, and, and what every conservatory needs. You've started, you're clearly going to start a trend there by doing it. 350 quid. Yeah, pretty much between. Like a, a long weekend project, a bit longer than that. Took me a bit longer than that yeah. because I was doing it bit by bit. Yeah. You obviously have to let coats, like you would need to prime it one day you would need to undercoat it then you would need a couple of coats a top coat I had plastering to do so like it was and I did it in bits like I'd do a few hours a day because obviously I was working you, at the same time But you were able to do it without getting any team of professionals in because no this is what problem people are finding at the moment just trying to find work well, this was it. and actually it. someone said to me would you not get a painter in the kind of job I was doing where I was painting PVC etc is not really a job that normal painters like to do because they worry about standards and quality and all of this I'm perfectly happy with the quality of yeah, this. Yeah. At some point, maybe down the line, in, in five or six years or some such time, if I had a few bob, I'd love to do the back of my house and have the, the Dermot Bannon extension and all yeah, that. Of course yeah, I would. Yeah. Who wouldn't? Now is not the time for that with, with, the, with the squeeze on all our finances. Mm. So this will get me through and it's a lovely space and we've been using it and my kids have been using it and they've been sitting around in it and we've been drinking coffee in it and it, as I said, and I also did the, the, the patio very cheap as well with myself, because you can't get people to do things at the moment. But I would really, I'm on my fourth fixer upper house, Sinead. I, my first house was in the Liberties and then I've, I've done up three period houses since then. And you would be amazed what you can do yourself mm. by using YouTube or asking people or a bit of trial and error and not being afraid. And people, I think, think you can only do these things sometimes if you're a man. I've been able to do all sorts of things yeah. and yeah. it's not as hard as you think. Well, you've done an absolutely fantastic uh, job on it and we would hate to lose you from news stuff. But I have to ask you, are you planning on auditioning <laughs> no, for Dermot Bannon's next No, series? Jesus, no. <laughs> I, well, I'd love to, but as in, I'd love to get him around to my house, but uh, no, 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 not, not at right. this point we in time. At the moment. Right, Kira can be hired uh, from her <laughs> Kira Kelly Instagram account uh, and I'm sure she's available for all home projects after nine o'clock in the morning, of course, when she's uh, off her live breakfast show. Kira, thanks a million 
Sinead for dropping in Thank and you, telling Sinead. us all about Delighted. that. And do go and have a look at what she's done because it's very impressive. Uh, all right. Listen, you're very good uh, for coming in. Now, coming up, uh, celebrity interior designer Arlene McIntyre will be joining me in studio to discuss how the movie hit of next summer, although I think we've nearly seen it all at this stage, is about Barbie core in your home. So do stay tuned for that. We'll be back after the break. And you're very welcome back to the Home Show here on News Talk with me, Sinead Ryan. If you'd like to listen back to the show, any of our shows, you'll find them up on the News Talk app, which is powered by Go Loud or indeed wherever you get your pods from. Uh, and uh, that, of course, was Barbie Girl from Aqua. Now, who remembers that uh, at this stage? course uh, uh, I thought it was soon to be released but it's not till next year uh, the Barbie movie with Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling we can't Mm -hmm. wait well maybe some of us can wait Arlene McIntyre founder and creative director of Ventura Design are you uh, on a kind of cat on a hot tin roof waiting on Barbie to come out Good morning Sinead how are you (laughs) I'm laughing because I mean it's just total escapism (laughs) and neon and pink and neon and pink and a lot of pink and a lot of really bold colours like it's not just pink but it's just total all layers of really strong tones Yeah and I mean at a time when these two actors could pick and choose whatever films they want to do the fact that they've chosen this means that obviously there must be something that we have to see about it I know Now when when this whole trend of course has related to interiors because it doesn't everything and Barbie core is like actually a real thing Um, So talk to me about, I don't know how many of your clients (laughs) with the well-to-do ones uh, are into Barbie core. I'm sensing that maybe Vogue Williams might have a little bit of Barbie core about her, but I don't know. (laughs) Well, it's so much fun. It's just total escapism. And I think it's just this desire for escapism that has just brought about all this real life fantasy, you Mm -hmm. know, since the pandemic. So this is what this is bouncing back from. I'd I'd imagine that's where this is all coming from. And it is playful. And, you know, you can have a bit of fun with it without kind of going the full kind of... Poor old Ken now doesn't get much of a say on the interiors. He doesn't. (laughs) He really doesn't. He just stands there and looks handsome. But that's about it. But um, really, it is just about escapism, having fun. You know, you've got to throw in a bit of retro um, if you're really, you know, signing up to kind of tapping into your inner Barbie, you can definitely do this just by even in a smaller way by introducing, you know, fun, bold pieces of artwork, um, you know, scattered cushions in those really deep tones of pink, that hot pink or even kind of a uh, kind of a mid-tone pink. Okay. The main thing is just to get all your tones as one so that that probably is an important note. Okay. What does that mean now? Well, I actually was noticing that Kim Kardashian's daughter went for sort of a Barbie core look in her bedroom. And it's just like all layers. It's like 20 different layers of the same tone of pink. So it really looks like a real life dollhouse. OK. And, and so rather than mix kind of a pale pink and a candy pink and a fuchsia, get them all the same colour? Well, that's really, that's kind of, I suppose, the way the Barbie core w- movement mm, is moving. Mm. So it's just going all in. So even your walls are pink, your headboard is pink, your frilly valance at the end of the bed is the same color as your headboard, same color as your wall, you know, your your pink lacquered bedside tables and your telephone, all the same tone. So it's just really tone on tone. Right. But then I've seen other movements whereby yeah, they are mixing and they're putting like crazy polka dots on the wall and, you know, different pinks are being mixed together. So really, it's it's down to 
the person's own personal choice. Now, is there anything elegant about this? Because, like, is there a way, and I've seen kind of rooms that are very traditional and, you yeah. know, some, somewhat historical in some ways, Edwardian and Victorian rooms, with suddenly this bright pink kind of colour pop somewhere. Like an Andy Warhol painting would be the obvious way to me to, you could put yeah. that anywhere. Uh, but, but tell me a kind of a subtle, <laughs> if bright Barbie pink can be subtle, how you could incorporate that in, in a kind of a nice living room or drawing room. Well, you could do it even in a more classic shabby chic way. It can be very feminine and pretty and layered. And of course, the barbecue is all about texture. And it's all about, well, minimalism meets maximalism. But that is not really what shabby chic really would lend itself to. But you could have a lot of layers of lovely frilly uh, scattered cushions and fluffy throws and bringing in your chandeliers and loads of sparkle and beautiful textures and tones. So you can achieve it in a more classical way. Mm, okay. And I'm thinking maybe fringed lampshades and, exactly. you know, textured cushions, you know, rather than go the, f- the full kind of double lips sofa. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. But I mean, that can be a very cool look too. So, I, I mean, I will I'm, I watch this space. We're going to see a lot of people really going going for this. Oh, really? Are yeah. you planning now in Ventura to bring in a Barbie section <laughs> to your lovely so. shop? No. I don't think so, but I probably will, you know, go for like a really fun chair or, you know, how you do your styling will be important too. Yeah. I think some vintage, you know, coffee table books would be a cool way to incorporate them. Oh, right. Yeah, a okay. bit of the barbecue in. Again, lampshades with tassels. Yep. Yeah. Anything kind of sparkly. Now, of course, there are some rooms in the house where you can kind of go all out and nobody will care. Uh, like somewhere like, you know, you suggested the downstairs loo or yes. maybe a utility room or or a, a kind of inside a wardrobe. How would you get started with that kind of baby step into Barbie core? Well, I think totally your downstairs bathroom is always the place to kind of inject some of your personality. And if you are a Barbie core fan, that is a really good place to start because you're not in that space for a very long time. It is fun. It is your guest bathroom. I mean, if you wanted to be really bold, you could paint all your walls in a really deep pink. You could introduce pink hand towels. Some, a bit of sparkle in a smaller area can be a lot of fun. Or if you're really kind of nervous about investing in that, uh, definitely you can layer it in in other ways. Well, listen, thank you for bringing us uh, all those tips on incorporating Barbie core set to become the 2023 trend. Unless unless the film flops completely uh, next year. Now, the other thing I'm mindful of this month, uh, Arlene, is that lots of households are preparing for return to school or college and study areas, quiet zones, multifunction bedrooms. They're all important uh, in whether or not whether or not, like if you're in student accommodation or in your own home. So give us some key rules that we can follow to make the experience as studious as possible. Yes. Well, you know, it's a big transition in a student's life and in the parents, uh, obviously, life, their lives. Um, So I think it's really important to note that you're not really trying to approach this in creating a home, but that you're really trying to create a home away from home. So I think it's really nice to bring some of your personal objects, memorabilia and things that remind you of home into your student accommodation, just so that the student feels comfortable. Of course, if they're happy at home, they're more productive in everything else.
Now, apart from that, really it's about positioning a room because, I mean, suddenly it's not just a bedroom. You need a study space. You need you a relaxing hangout space. And, and a lot of rooms just simply aren't big enough for everything. So how can you design around it so that I, I always like this idea of separating out, you know, your sleep area from your leisure area, from your workspace. But that can be difficult to do. Yes, so definitely. I think it's important to create your own identity within the space. Um, Ways of positioning your furniture is really important as well. Um, Cleverly arranging furniture to to have like all the options of being able to study, sleep, or even take time out to relax are really important when when approaching this. So good lighting, I think, is number one. I think you need a nice reading light beside the bed, but then you need good lighting for studying as well in the evenings. And do you favour overhead light or a desk lamp? I think you need a combination of all three. So I think you need a good desk lamp. I think you need a bedside lamp. And I think you'd need a good soft pendant light as well. Okay. And something that throws off nice light that's not too harsh and that's soft. So, yeah. And again, that's just a really nice way to personalise your space. So, you know, maybe... Uh, go go out and pick up a nice uh, diffuser or um, a candle, something that just adds your own scent into the room and kind of keeps it feeling nice and fresh when you come home um, from studying. Right. All right. Well, listen, as as kids go back now to school and college, um, anything that will help them relax or maybe not relax too much, uh, but but get into that zone is important. Uh, and we're delighted, I think, just to see them being able to go back uh, and not uh, have another year online. So Arlene McIntyre of Ventura Design, thank you so much for bringing us those hints and tips on the home show this morning. Thank you for having me, Sinead. And that is all we do have time for this morning. We've had a very busy show, uh, but if there's a topic you'd like to hear us cover or a guest you'd like us to have on, please let us know. We read these every single week. The home show at newstalk.com or you can throw us a text on 53106. And don't forget to check out our podcast, which is up on the website. Thanks to Marisa Sullivan, who is producing. Stephen McLoon was on sound. Anton Savage is up next with Stephanie Preisner sitting in. Have a wonderful weekend. Uh, and remember, we're here every Saturday at 8 o'clock.